0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah <laughs> al-Qa'il Yuridullahu liyubayyin lakum wa yahdiyakum sunana al-lazeena min qablikum wa yatubu alaykum wa allahu alimun Hakim Walhamdulillahil al-Qa'il Yuridullahu ayyukhaffif ankum wa khuliqa al-insanu واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى ال وَصَحْبِ الكرام يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اعبدوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصبح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وَمَن يُطِع اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا الا فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعه ضلاله وكما ورد في الروايه وكل ضلاله في النار الا al الله عباد الله وتمسكوا من الاسلام بالعروه الوثقى واحذروا غضب الرب فان اجسادكم على النار لا oh, servants او Allah الله O children of adam we begin by announcing praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. We praise Him and we seek His assistance and we seek His guidance and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the adverse consequences of our deeds. We testify that whomsoever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomsoever He misguides, then none can guide. And we request praises and blessings upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa I bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship beside one Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is his messenger. My dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He creates and He gives honor to certain moments of time and certain places in existence over other places. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاللَّهُ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates and He chooses and gives importance to parts of His creation over others and no one else has a say in the matter. With regards to this reality, brothers and sisters in Islam, we have the month of Sha'ban. A month in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us in a moment from His moments with His ummah, He said that the month of Sha'ban is a month between two other months, Rajab and Ramadan. And often it's a forgotten month. For it is a month that has a day in which our deeds are raised up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a month in which Aisha radiallahu anha teaches us that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fasted most of the month. He fasted most of the month of Sha'ban these moments, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, teach us the importance of preparing for Ramadan and also teaches us the importance of continuing our momentum that we gathered from another month, which is a sacred month known as Rajab. We know that Rajab is from the sacred months, from the sanctified months. And the scholars from before taught us that Rajab is a month in which we plant, and Sha'ban is a month in which we water the seeds that we planted, and then these plants grow, and then we harvest the fruits of our labor in Ramadan. Basically teaching us that we respect Rajab by being diligent in, Ram- in, in Sha'ban. And we are amazing in Ramadan because of our diligence in Sha'ban. Sha'ban, brothers and sisters in Islam, is the month that allows us to prepare for the month of Ramadan. Just like an athlete, when he or she wants to win the gold medal after four years at the next Olympics, they train immediately, they watch their diets immediately, they choose their coaches immediately, and then there's a progressive approach that comes into play in terms of their diet, in terms of their nutrition, in terms of their exercise, in terms of their ability to compete, and this continues for four years even though the competition is 4 years from now the practice the preparation takes place 4 years before the mental training the physical training takes place before this is the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam brothers and sisters in islam with regards to the month of ramadan that if whatever we want to achieve in the month of ramadan we understand those targets beforehand beforehand in sha'ban And then in Sha'aban, we get the ball rolling. We start laying out our targets, small achievable targets, allowing us to burn in and not burn out. So when we reach Ramadan, we climatized and we're able to pursue our goals with our Qur'an, our goals in terms of the excellence of our fasting, our goals in terms of the night prayer, our goals in terms of charity, our goals in terms of the voluntary salah, our goals in terms of dua our goals in terms of dhikr, our goals in terms of memorization of the Qur'an, and so on and so forth. The setting of those goals happens in Sha'ban, And then we slowly work our way up, burning ourselves in, to make sure we don't burn out in Ramadan. Brothers and sisters in Islam, subhanAllah, look how far Sha'ban is going. We have two weeks or less until the month of Ramadan visits our homes and dawns upon us. Less than two weeks. And many of us can remember what we did on Eid last year, subhanallah. Eid feels like it was just last month, but subhanallah, it was last year. And we're already two weeks to Ramadan, and very soon we will be in the last 10 days of Ramadan, and experiencing the last 10 nights of Ramadan, looking for Laylatul Qadr, and we will get to the day of Eid, and we'll say, subhanallah, it's as if Ramadan just started yesterday. This is the reality of the time that we are in, brothers and sisters in Islam. يَتَقَارَبُ Zaman as the Prophet ﷺ described the end of time, when we'll have 24-hour days, but the days won't feel like 24 hours. The days will be 24 hours, but it will feel like just an hour. And you and I know this brothers and sisters in Islam, our great-grandparents or our grandparents, they plan to do 10 things in a day, and by midday, they're finished all 10. And you and I, we plan to do 10 things in a day, and then Maghrib comes and we've only done five. But they had 24 hours and we have 24 hours. So especially in light of the days before the day of Qiyamah arriving and us living those days, we have to be extra diligent brothers and sisters in Islam with Sha'ban so that we don't somehow miss Ramadan. Sha'ban, the month of burning in. Why? So that you don't burn out. You don't burn out in the month of Ramadan. How many a times has it happened? And I'm sure you can remember last Ramadan or the Ramadan before. You have these grand goals. I'm going to read the juz every day. So I finish the Quran in Ramadan. I'm going to read every taraweeh. I'm going to pray every salah in the front line starting with the Imam, right? You have all these lovely goals. But then Ramadan comes and you start fasting and your body has, hasn't climatized. So your body has to go through the shock of not eating during the days and then not sleeping during the nights and before you know it a week of Ramadan has finished and subhanallah all those lofty goals that you set they gone and then it becomes a pressure upon you and you feel the guilt and you need the you, you feel the need to act and then you start acting but you feel slowly but surely as the days go by subhanallah you're burning out how many a times has this happened and many people have told me about this happening so here we have subhanallah the month of Sha'ban. To set our goals. What do you want to achieve in Ramadan? Set it from now. And then slowly but surely work your way up, burning yourself in. Because wallahi, brothers and sisters in Islam, it's not natural that if you're reading a quarter Jews a day, you're going to end up reading one juz a day immediately. It's not going to happen, brothers and sisters in Islam. It's not going to happen that you're only reading the five farad prayers. And then all of a sudden Ramadan is going to come. And you're going to read... All the Sunnah rawatib and build your house in Jannah every day for the twelve Sunnah Nar Rawatib that you pray every day. We know in the hadith of Um Habiba, which is in the Sahih, the Prophet ﷺ taught her that whoever does twelve Sunnah prayers around the Farad prayers, they will get for that day a house in Jannah. We all have this wish to get this house. And yes, Ramadan is easier because the Shayatina are tied, the doors of Jahannam are shut, the doors of Jannah are open. But nonetheless, we are still human beings. We need to climatize. The body needs to climatize. The life of this world doesn't work, brothers and sisters in Islam, at the click of a switch. That you just click a switch and all of a sudden, you're going to be this amazing abid, or this amazing abida, this amazing worshipper of Allah. It's not going to happen. The place of switches is Jannah, brothers and sisters in Islam, where you just wish for something and it happens. If you think that's going to happen in this world, well, that's wishful thinking. That is not correct thinking, that is wishful thinking. So you have to plan from now. Sit down and ask yourself what you want to achieve in Ramadan. If you're reading a quarter to now, and you want to achieve a Juz in Ramadan, start from now, brothers and sisters in Islam, upping the amount you pray every day. And you might see, subhanallah, before the end of Sha'ban, that a Juz is not being pragmatic, it's not being practical. So at least you can adjust your Ramadan goals, and move that one Juz to half a Juz. Right? So you enter Ramadan in the right way, with the right mindset. Rahimallahu The Prophet said, Allah's mercy be upon the person who knows their limits. So if you're not going to use at least Shaban in understanding your limits, how on earth are you going to have a diligent Ramadan, brothers and sisters in Islam? A Ramadan that entails you freed from the hellfire, which is the biggest prize. A Ramadan that entails you catch the night of power, which is also the big prize. A Ramadan which entails you fasting with iman, right? With, with belief and having good hope in the rewards of Allah and standing the nights of Ramadan with belief and having good hope with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are you going to do all that if you don't understand your limits? So here we have Sha'ban, a mercy from the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as this day, Yawmul Jumu'ah, is another mercy from the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said that Allah creates and Allah gives rank. Right? So Allah created the days of the week and He gave rank to Friday. And He created the months of the year and He gave rank to the month of Ramadan and to the sacred months. And then He's given us Rajab, the month, sorry, Sha'ban, the month between Rajab and Ramadan in which He raises our deeds. This is the month that the Prophet ﷺ fasted most of. Fasting brothers and sisters in Islam, we have to try and fast in Sha'ban to assist our abilities in Ramadan. We have to use the opportunity. If you can't fast many days of the week, at least fast whatever Mondays or Thursdays are left. If you can't fast a Monday and a Thursday, then fast uh, just a Monday in terms of the Mondays that are left. Or a Thursday in terms of the Thursdays that are left. Try and and, and bring into your portfolio, your Sha'aban portfolio, some fast that have brought to your body, to your mind, to your soul, to your heart. The necessary diligence so that it's not shocked when the beginning of ramadan comes and the doors of jahannam are shut and the doors of jannah are open and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is freeing countless people from the hellfire la ilaha illallah at least we can enter that month with the correct expectations with the correct bodily ability mental ability with with with, with the correct mindset. And with the correct framework, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. So this is the first part of today's presentation in terms of our moments from the life of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's many moments, and I have another moment to share with you all brothers and sisters in Islam, especially in light of COVID nineteen, especially in light of unprecedented weeks and days and unprecedented months that we will be living through subhanallah. It's possible with extended isolation that our masajid will be shut. For the first time we're going to experience Ramadan without an imam. For the first time we're going to experience Ramadan without without a community. None of us know Ramadan like this subhanallah. None of us ever thought we'd ever have to uh, you know, not have a Ramadan with an Imam or not have a Ramadan with the beloved around us, subhanallah. Indeed, we are in an unprecedented era. What we never dreamt about, what would have never been the last thought on our minds is a reality. Not just something in the front of our mind, but a reality. And this means, brothers and sisters in Islam, when we train ourselves for Ramadan this year in Sha'ban, we have to train our mindsets, okay? Okay? We have to train our mindsets. Just as we train our bodies and we want that climatization, we need to bring the correct framework in terms of our mindset into play. Okay? We need to train our emotions. We need to train our intellectual ability we need to tra- with regards to Ramadan. We need to train our mental framework with regards to Ramadan as well, so that we don't get into Ramadan in a way that's unbefitting. And I'm gonna explain, brothers and sisters in Islam. Many people are writing in and saying, Sheikh, how will this Ramadan be? Will we get the rewards of Ramadan? What about Laylatul Qadr? What about freedom from the hellfire? What about standing the night having hope in Allah's reward with belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? We're not for of the Quran. Right? We're not We're not able to even read the Quran. Some have said we can't read the Quran. Some have said they're new Muslims. Right? So what's gonna happen? Now, I want to share with you, in answer to this question, some more moments from the life of the Messenger And moment number one, brothers and sisters in Islam, is the fact that Salatul Jumu'ah became compulsory upon the Ummah when Rasulullah وسلم, was in Mecca. And he never prayed Salatul Jumu'ah. Why? Some scholars say that we didn't have enough believers, the Ummah didn't have enough people to pray. And some say they didn't have the, 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 the ability to ward off the harm that would have come from the Quraysh had they prayed Salatul 'ah. Jum'ah. Yes, many people don't know this. The first Jum'ah that was prayed was in the home of As'ad ibn Zurara from the senior members of the Ansar in Medina. Because they had numbers there, they had safety there. And the first Jum'ah that the Prophet prayed was in Khuba, when he arrived there during the Hijrah, and he spent some days there. That's where he prayed Jumu'ah because Friday happened to be a day from the days that he was there, and Masjid al-Quba was established. And this was after a long time after Mus'ab ibn Umayr, radiAllahu anha, and Atsabe ibn Zurarah, and others, radiAllahu were observing the Jumu'ah in Medina. Subhanallah, our Messenger, sallallahu was not the first Imam of Jumu'ah. Many of us don't know this. This is a moment. Let me give you another moment. Do you know that in Ramadan, the Prophet ﷺ came out the first night and he started praying his Qiyamul Layl and the Muslims saw him in the masjid so they gathered around him in the masjid and prayed behind him. And then he came the second night and the Muslims prayed behind him. And then the third night he stayed in his house and prayed his Qiyamul Layl, the night prayer in Ramadan. And the Sahaba waited for him and waited for him and waited for him. It was on the third or fourth day, as we find in in, in the authentic narration. And then the next day, the Prophet wasallam comes out. And he tells the Muslims that, I know what you did last night. I know that you gathered and waited for me. But I didn't come out because I feared if we continued praying salah like this in jama'ah, what we know today as tarawih, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it compulsory upon the ummah. So I feared this, so I'm praying alone in my home. Subhanallah. What does this mean brothers and sisters in Islam? This means that the Sahaba prayed Taraweeh qiyamul Layl in their homes. This is how they experienced Ramadan. They didn't experience Ramadan praying behind an imam in the masjid. They either prayed with their families in their homes or they prayed by themselves. Until the time of Umar ibn Khattab which was a long time after the death of the Prophet when he saw People either praying by themselves in Masjid nabawi or somebody praying as an imam and behind him a few people. He says, why don't we just gather them under one imam as it was when the Prophet wasallam led us before he stopped. He stopped because he feared it becoming compulsory. There's no chance of it becoming compulsory now. So he gathered the Muslims behind Ubay ibn Ka'b. And that is when Taraweeh came to be Taraweeh. And it is said that it happened in 20 units plus witr 23. But it wasn't set in stone. As Imam Malik reports, he says the people of Mecca pray 23, but we pray 39. Right? And Aisha radiallahu anha says the Prophet salah was very long. So it was between 11 and 13 units of prayer. But he couldn't pass 13 because then it would be fajr. So he would end his prayer because his his standing was long. The point is, brothers and sisters in Islam, Tarawih at the time of the Prophet and at the time of the Sahaba was that of praying what was easy for you. It wasn't a set rule that you have to finish the whole Qur'an for it to be tarawih. It wasn't a set rule that you had to pray behind the imam in jama'ah for it to be tarawih. No brothers and sisters in Islam. Nobody said for you to get Laylatul Qadr, you have to finish the Qur'an in tarawih Or you have to read long surahs in tarawih. No. In fact, Qiyamul Layl and the concept of the Dahajjud came very early on. And we know this because Suratul al was from the earliest of surahs revealed, right? And the Prophet ﷺ was commanded to stand for half of the night or a little bit more or a little less than half. And he only had a handful of surahs with him, which means what was he doing? He was repeating the surahs, repeating the surahs, repeating the surahs, repeating the ayat, repeating the ayat, start to finish, start to finish, start to finish, and he would last half the night or more than half the night in salah. So this is something allowed, alhamdulillah. And this is from the mercy of Islam. This is from the mercy of Islam. So there's no need to feel decapacitated or to hyperventilate or to feel لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله what's going to happen to our Ramadan. The sharia is merciful. And I started today's lecture reciting ayat, brothers and sisters in Islam, where Allah tells us that Allah wants to ease things for us. Allah wants to facilitate things for us. Allah knows that we are created weak. Allah wants to forgive us. These are the ayat I began with in today's today's lecture, right? So there's no need for us to feel overwhelmed with regards to the coronavirus and what the coronavirus has created. What we need to do is recognize the mercy of the Sharia. What we need to do is recognize the mercy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah. That back then when no one was dreaming of Coronavirus or masajid being closed or forced isolation and so on and so forth, the Prophet ﷺ stayed at home because he feared salatul Tarawih might become compulsory. How merciful is he? Sallallahu It's a sunnah. And let the sunnah have the ease that it can have. Right? So this is we this is what we should do. If it wasn't for coronavirus, we probably wouldn't have looked at the Sharia's mercy in this way. We wouldn't have recognized the mercy of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this way. Indeed we say sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa anim ala abdika wa rasulika muhammad, afdhalil khalqi wa akramir rusul, subhanallah. How merciful was he to have the foresight to stay at home, right? And not set stringent guidelines in terms of what needs to be recited and how it should be uh, recited for tarawih to be tarawih. And in light of this brothers and sisters in Islam, I say to you, if the masajid are closed, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your ability to pray at home. That Allah has made tarawih something that can be prayed at home. Thank Allah that tarawih can be uh, done based on whatever few surahs you know from the Qur'an. If you only know Allahu Ahad, keep on repeating ahad. Every raqah, Allahu Ahad, going to Ruku. Spend your time in ruku, worship Allah nicely, go into sujood, connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps you couldn't even connect with Allah behind the imam, as you will connect with Allah this Ramadan. Okay? Right? If you don't know any surah from the Quran, alhamdulillah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught the new Muslims that they should say Allahu akbar and they should just recite subhanallah. Alhamdulillah, Allahu akbar, la ilaha illallah. That's what they should repeat. So if you if you can't read the Quran and you haven't memorized any surahs, don't worry. Alhamdulillah, the Prophet ﷺ taught the new Muslims this. So you can take a, a page out of this moment from the life of the messenger and apply it into your life. You can still pray the tarawi. SubhanAllah. Right, brothers and sisters in Islam. This is the mercy of Islam. This is the mercy of the sharia. There's no need for us to fall into despair. Some scholars and please check with your own scholars about this. But some scholars like those of the Hanbali madhab, they allow you to hold the mushaf for, 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 for tarawih prayers and to recite from the mushaf. So if you can recite the Qur'an looking in and you follow a madhab that allows this, alhamdulillah, offer the tarawih doing this. Today you don't need a mushaf. You have phones, alhamdulillah, which makes it even more easier, right? That you can use during your tarawih and you can read much of the Qur'an in salah should you wish. So there's solutions, brothers and sisters in Islam. If you're a hafidh, please recite. Recite, right? If you're not a hafidh, pick up the Qur'an and read if you're good at doing that and you follow a madhhab which permits it. If you only know a few surahs and you can't pick up the mushaf, read those few surahs and keep on repeating yourself. No problem, alhamdulillah. Even if you read from alam, alam tara kaifat Nas every raq'ah, alhamdulillah, your salah is amazing. Okay, if you haven't memorized anything, recite Surah Fatiha. If you haven't even memorized Surah Fatiha, Alhamdulillah because you're a new Muslim, the Prophet wasallam said uh, in every position, just recite Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La Ilaha illallah. Subhanallah brothers and sisters in Islam. Now, this khutbah is a khutbah of hope, especially if the isolation continues, right? It's, an, it's a khutbah of hope that Ramadan is coming. I want you to prepare to meet Ramadan mentally, physically, soulfully, with the same excitement you had last sha'ban. Don't let it be this Ramadan, or you know, this sha'ban. You, you know Ramadan's coming, but you're not feeling it. Why? Because of the circumstances around us. Alhamdulillah, the sharia is adaptable. The sharia is merciful. And the sharia gives us the tools and the means to remain optimistic and to remain excited, alhamdulillah. Our salvation is not in our salah behind the imam brothers and sisters in Islam. Alhamdulillah, it's not that you have to pray behind the imam to have stood the nights of Ramadan. You don't have to pray the nights behind the imam to get Laylatul Qadr. Alhamdulillah. So think of the positives and the mercy of the sharia and from now address your mindset, address your soul set, address your heart set. Put yourself in the right frame of mind. So that you meet Ramadan in the right way with the excitement that Ramadan deserves. Will it be different? Yes, it's different. But it's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity to build Al-Firdaus, inshaAllah. The highest Jannah that inshaAllah Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place us in. This is the message for today, my brothers and sisters in Islam. So today we discussed several moments from the life of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In summary, number one, The Prophet trained for Ramadan in Sha'ban. The Prophet fasted much of Sha'ban. So when Ramadan arrived, his body was climatized to the month and he could pursue his goals with ease. Let's take that page out from the moment of the life of the Prophet. Another moment Jumu'ah became compulsory whilst the Muslims were in Mecca. And Jumu'ah prayers happened in Medina whilst the Prophet wasallam didn't perform the Jumu'ah in Makkah. We don't hear from the Prophet or the Sahaba. Negativity, brothers and sisters in Islam. No one was crying and saying, Oh, Subhanallah, what has happened? You know, they're praying Jumu'ah in Medina. We're not praying Jumu'ah here. No. Rather, they understood the mercy of the Sharia and they were happy for their brothers and sisters in Medina and they were happy for themselves as well. Alhamdulillah. Because actions are judged by intentions, and our intentions are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another moment, the sahaba, when they came out to pray with the Prophet wasallam on the third or fourth night of Ramadan, they didn't find the Prophet wasallam. rather he prayed at home. And he left them to pray by themselves at home, either by themselves or with their families. The concept of tarawih came together at the time of Umar ibn Khattab. And even then, Umar ibn Khattab عنه, said that the people who sleep at the time of tarawih and pray in the last third of the night, they are better than the people who are gathering at tarawih time to pray. So Umar wasn't saying that you have to pray with the Imam uh, in in, in tarawih even at his time, subhanallah. Right? He didn't force anyone. People were left to sleep and wake up in the last third or to pray with the Imam. These are moments, brothers and sisters in Islam. These are moments. Use these moments to develop for yourself the necessary motivation, the necessary calibration. And bring to yourself the necessary excitement that Ramadan requires. I feel sad, subhanAllah, Ramadan is coming. We should be excited. The month of mercy, the month of forgiveness, the month of Quran, the month of freedom from the fire, the month of Laylatul Qadr, the month that brings for us Idul Fitr. And subhanallah, we can't see the excitement because we're too busy being micro-focused on things that are not even issues from an Islamic perspective. And it's not your fault because none of us had to give a khutbah like this before, give a lecture like this before because normally, Ramadan is normal, Alright? So it's not anyone's fault, brothers and sisters in Islam. But this khutbah is dedicated to moments from the life of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in light of practical realities that we are going through right now, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best, brothers and sisters in Islam. Before I end today's program, never forget the masjid. We said this in our first lecture, and we reminded you in the next lecture. Never forget the masjid. Yes, the masajid in our countries are closed, but the masajid still have expenses, right? Let us show the masjid that we love the masjid, because really, the masjid being open is not necessarily in people praying in it but its people also carrying out activities that constitutes masjid activities in the community like matters pertaining to the janazah salah right like matters pertaining to the islamic development that's happening via the internet that requires the masjid to have staff and those staff need to be paid yes in some countries the governments have furlough schemes and and uh, uh, you know the, the corona schemes and so on and so forth to help charities and to help Uh, uh, businesses and private enterprise and so on and so forth. But as we've seen brothers and sisters in Islam, for in the UK for example, you can only get government help if you don't have staff operating. And the masjid still require staff to operate, especially with regards to burials and delivering food to people who are in isolation or in quarantine, or have lost their jobs and can't afford some food and so on and so forth, right? So look at your local masjid and don't forget to drop that weekly donation that Alhamdulillah you have been accustomed to do it, to doing, right? We can't learn face to face, we're learning virtually. You can't donate hand to bucket because you're not at the masjid. Alhamdulillah, you can do it virtually. So look around uh, this particular video in the description box. There will be details in terms of how you can give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of supporting your local masjid. Masajid have contacted me brothers and sisters in Islam. And they have said that Mashallah, people are donating. Uh, However, it's still not enough. And all the masajid are asking for, they're asking for large numbers to donate pennies, brothers and sisters in Islam. Cents, brothers and sisters in Islam. Even if it's 10 cents or 20 pennies, right? But it's done regularly and majority of the community are doing it. It will go a long way in us showing the masjid and the efforts of the masjid that we are still with those efforts and we are still with the masajid despite the doors being closed. Brothers and sisters in Islam, today is Friday. Don't forget to raise your efforts in sending salutations upon the Prophet ﷺ. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala nabiina Muhammad. And at the end of this broadcast, I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our past and inspire our futures and to lift off us this difficulty and to grant cure to those who are sick and to grant mercy to those who've passed away and to grant us the ability to work together in order to look after ourselves and look after each other for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Hada Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Everything correct said is from Allah alone and He's perfect and any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Until next week Friday, may Allah preserve us in His obedience. Ameen. وَصَلَى اللَّهُ Muhammad wa ala wa sahbihi.